Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome. Hey, what did I say about uh, yesterday? What did I say? I'm getting a strange look from Jody. Is there something wrong? My microphone? Yeah, I thought so. It just suddenly, can you hear me at all? All right, well, we're gonna have to um, muddle through until the break because there's some, I've got the IT department in here, my 14 year old son. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, what did I say yesterday about the federal budget? A bunch of free stuff, basically bribing us with our own money. $100 billion in added spending, but you know, what's 100 billion between friends? It's monopoly money at this point, right? Um, and a deficit of $354 billion. I thank you, Christian Freeland. My two sons, thank you. My as-yet-unborn grandchildren, thank you. My great-great-great-great-grandchildren, uh, thank you. How is it that this uh, individual slipped through the vetting process? How can someone so intellectually challenged be still so condescending? Have you heard her speak? Just, you know, like she's talking to a, a three-year-old. Anyway, Max Bernier, Mad Max, he's the only sane one. Mad Max will be here to talk about the, uh, the budget deficit and also get his take on a bill that will be introduced to Parliament in about two weeks, courtesy of convicted felon and heritage minister. Did I say that out loud? Well, it's true. He's a convicted felon. Um, heritage minister Stephen Gilbo, uh, which if passed, get this, it'll give the government the power, basically carte blanche to take down any website they don't like. This is what they do in communist China, and it's about to happen here. The bill is deliberately vague in its wording, and it talks about anti-hate content, which, I mean, we already have laws on the books for that. It talks about online harm, whatever that means. And uh, uh, Gilbo says his job is to protect us from the Internet. He's, he's here to protect us Canadians because we're scared little rabbits and we can't, uh, we can't surf on our own without having our hand held. So if anyone online is extremely critical or mean to a government minister or an MP, that website could just be taken down. In other words, political dissent will not be tolerated. And uh, do you hear anyone in the mainstream media talking about this? No. I'll tell you why. They've taken the government payout, the subsidy, and now they'll just keep quiet and they'll sit back and watch the real journalists in the independent media like True North and Rebel and Spencer Fernando and the Western Standard and Black Locks Reporter. They'll get taken down because they're actually critical of the government because they do their job. Anyway, that's less competition for the MSM. So they, they, you know, mum's the word. They'll just look the other way. 
Nothing happening here, folks. Uh, my website, strangeplanet.ca, that'll be gone, no question. Rebel News, gone. Black Locks Reporter, gone. True North, probably gone. Anyway, I'll get uh, Mad Max to talk about uh, what the, uh, to talk about that as well. And I have uh, Tom Korski from Black Locks Reporter. They were really the ones that, that broke this story. Uh, and they'll, he'll be on tomorrow, I believe, to discuss. Uh, let's see, what else? I mentioned yesterday, I, I have a sinking feeling we're being set up for a permanent pandemic measures. Call me a tinfoil hat wearing crazy kook. Uh, I get that at home all the time, incidentally. Anyway, I played a couple of clips um, from a columnist with Bloomberg, Andreas Kluth, yesterday, who who's floating this idea. And that's how it starts, right? They get people in the media to float these ideas that we may have to start thinking about along the lines of a permanent pandemic. And that's how it starts. Again, someone floats the idea. Now, Oregon and Michigan are both weighing permanent mask mandates for businesses, you see, again, it's starting already, and I'll tell you it's coming here. A conservative pundit, Drew Allen, a conservative living in California, imagine that. He's like a unicorn. Uh, they exist anyway. Um, Drew Allen will be here to discuss uh, permanent mask measures. And our homeschooling advice uh, or advisor, homeschooling advisor, Ruth Gaskowski, will be here. And as, as I always say, remember, you are your child's best teacher. And now they're home full time. You probably are now home to, uh, f uh, home full time. And if you're able to start homeschooling your, your children permanently, why not? Why not? If you're prepared, if it's something you want to do, seriously consider it. You have no idea what's happening in public schools behind your back. And I'm talking here about the level of indoctrination. That's all. You can end it. You can make a decision uh, to restore normalcy and end the uh, let's call it the Marxist indoctrination and infiltration, uh, but it has to start in the schools with your children and getting them out of the public schools if you decide that's right for you and your child. Uh, also yesterday, I played a wonderful Dylan-esque anti-lockdown anthem. Anyway, his real name is Bradley James uh, Skistimas. I wonder if he's Greek. That could be Greek. Anyway, uh, he'll be with us as well to talk about this wonderful song, Jesus, What Happened to Us. And, the, uh, of course, the jurors in the murder trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin are deciding his fate as we speak. He's charged with second degree, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. And regardless of the verdict, let's be honest, Minneapolis will burn. Rioters will riot. A former U.S. government attorney and true crime author, Robert Couch, will be here to discuss uh, the Chauvin trial and uh, recent police shootings, including Dante Wright in uh, Minnesota. All right. Uh, what else did we have? Well, that's enough, isn't it? Isn't that enough show? I think that's more than enough show. Let's bring in the irascible but lovable one. Hey, Lou, how are you? Fantastic, Richard. Great to be with you. And, uh, you know, you were talking about homeschooling and how you're going to be uh, talking about it later in the show. I've been reading a book called The Myth of Ability by John Mighton, who created the jump instruction set to help students uh, in the elementary and uh, further education improve their abilities in math. And he made such a good case in that book. I highly recommend that you read it. And anybody that you know is having trouble with their kids and their absorption of mathematics to take a look at the jump movement that John Mighton advocates in his book, uh, The Myth of Ability. Fantastic. All right. I'll mention that to uh, our homeschooling advisor, Ruth, because she's compiling sort of a list of resources on her website for for prospective homeschoolers. 
So, Lou, I want to play you a little uh, a little song here and see if this brings back any memories. by the dashboard light. You remember that one from 1977, Lou? Yeah, was that Meatloaf? Exactly. Uh, well, the, and it, the composer, it was Meatloaf, of course, the singer, but then there was the the uh, the rock and pop hit maker. The composer was Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman passed away yesterday at the age of 73. And, of course, uh, he wrote the, uh, composed the songs on this, this album. This album was recorded in dollars. Whoops, my microphone's cacking out again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right. <laughs> All right. I've got the IT department in here checking it out. Anyway, it was recorded for $35,000 of borrowed money, turned down by dozens of record companies, panned on release, initially slow to sell. Bad Out of Hell has gone on to sell 50 million copies. Composer Jim Steinman passed away yesterday at the age of 73. And what was his net worth at his demise? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to get the, uh, the the documents from the IRS. <laughs> I was just trying. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the measure of a man, Lucy? Well, no, but it's an estate planning <clears throat> issue, Richard. You know, true, if you got a true. big bag of dough, you know, you want to make sure that you know you have, uh, you know, taken care of your responsibilities. I always, you know, when there's a celebrity death, I always say, "What was the net worth?" And who's getting it? Because how many celebrities? Um, I'm trying to think. Most recently, was it Aretha Franklin that just passed away? Uh, a couple years ago. A couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah, but she died without a will. Oh my! And, and now the uh, the estate, if you will, her survivors, her relatives, are all scrambling around trying to get their hands on you know a big bag of dough, right? So, I guess that's what she wanted to leave chaos. <laughs> but for the rest of us, right, yeah. if there's assets to be transferred, you know, get on the game, people. Well, let's hope Jim Steinman uh, made a uh, made a will. All right. Time for a little German word of the day here, Jody. OK. The German word of the day, Lou, is Kudelmodel. Kudelmodel. Be able to hear that? Kudelmodel. I got it. Yeah. All right. right. Now you got to yeah, spill the beans. How are All we right. going to use this? Okay. There's actually no literal English translation. Uh, they, they say don't even try to come up with one. It muddle means uh, don't even start guessing. Okay. Sorry. It muddle describes an unstructured mess, chaos, or hodgepodge. So snafu. Right. Or the the, the, uh, the liberal budget. <laughs> it's a com- you got that example yesterday, right? I'm still exactly. through it trying to find out what's up, what's down. Everything's in the future, right? The $30 billion for uh, child care. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, starting in 2026, is you promising something that I'm not going to even see for five years? I think that's baffle gas. We'll, we'll talk about that after the news at five, my friend. Okay. Happy capitalism. Thank you. Lou Skeezes. The irascible but lovable Lou Skeezes. All right. When we come back, Oregon and Michigan want are, are thinking about permanent mask mandates. While some states are reopening, businesses are dropping mask mandates altogether. Oregon and Michigan are bucking the trend. And uh, we'll talk about that with conservative pundit Drew Allen on the other side. Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. No, not hearing me at all now. All right. Okay, you are hearing me. <laughs> We're having some technical problems here, ladies and gentlemen, but that's it. It's all right. We roll with it. So, <clears throat> as states around the country lift COVID-19 restrictions, Oregon and Michigan are poised to go in the opposite direction. And many residents are fuming about it, but this may be a sign of things to come, I suspect. Top health officials considering indefinitely extending rules requiring masks and social distancing in, in, all, in, in all businesses in the state. Uh, Drew Allen is a Texas-bred, California-based conservative author and speaker who writes a weekly blog promoting conservative ideals at DrewThomasAllen.com. Hey, Drew. Welcome back hey. to the program. How are you? Hey, Richard. It's great to be back with you. It's my honor. So um, I know that the the story when it broke, it mentioned Oregon um, now looking at um, extending the mask mandates, but also Michigan more recently has also floated the idea. Is this um, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm getting the sinking feeling that that, that they're angling towards, uh, you know, kind of creating a permanent pandemic emergency. Do you get that feeling as well? That's exactly what they're doing, Richard. And I'll tell you what, you know, you can see the contrast in Portland, right? You've got Antifa that are largely maskless, burning down and rioting in the streets. And at the same time, they're proposing this absurd permanent mask mandate. And the reason they're doing that is because they can and they can get away with it. Because Antifa is fearless and feared, while the American citizen is fearful and compliant. The mask mandate will stop when we stop wearing masks, Richard. That's what it comes down to. Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. I think we're back. Yes, we have uh, fixed the audio problem. And uh, we'll soldier on. Drew Allen is with us, a Texas-bred, California-based conservative. We're talking about these mandatory mask mandates in uh, Michigan and uh, Oregon, where they are basically weighing the possibility of extending them uh, from here to eternity. Uh, with all apologies to Burt Lancaster, I guess, or was that Frank Sinatra? Anyway, the point is uh, that to me, that it seems like they are angling the authorities, that is, uh, to uh, to making this sort of in perpetuity, a pandemic in perpetuity. And I mentioned Andreas Kluth, uh, the opinion uh, writer for Bloomberg, talking about writing about we must now start thinking about a permanent pandemic. So, again, they're floating these ideas, uh, Drew, because I think they're trying to normalize it and prepare us. Right. They are. They are. But I would say this, Richard, uh, segregation was once normal in this country as well. And that war was not won uh, by people being compliant. It was won by people doing sit ins at restaurants. It was waged when Rosa Parks had the courage to refuse to give her seat to a white man on a bus. 
this country was not founded and the benefits of freedom that we enjoy were not passed on to us by cowardly men. They were passed on by men who are willing to risk their lives to give us that. All we're being asked to do today is take the mask off your face. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Stop wearing it and the mask mandates will end. All right. Well, Drew, uh, you know, again, I'm hoping that that people will will take that to the to heart. Uh, my my fear is, I guess. Well, that's the operative word, right? Fear, and that is uh, that they've done such a wonderful job in um, in in uh, fear mongering and keeping us uh, cowering in our homes. And uh, here in Canada, we don't have that tradition of questioning authority. We're all about, uh, you know, a good order, a good government, peace, order, and good government. Um, while in the United States, obviously, I mean, your, your country was born in protest with, uh, uh, you know, rebelling against King George III. So very, very different culture up here. But um, obviously, this is what's staring us in the face. And hopefully we can uh, we can deal with it accordingly. Uh, Drew, uh, how do we read your your blogs? So I'll po- I post everything up at DrewThomasAllen.com. And if people are on that cesspool called Twitter, uh, I happen to be there. They can find me at DrewThomasAllen or on Parlor at DrewThomasAllen as well. All right, Drew, thank you again. Uh, apologize for the technical difficulties and we'll have you on again soon, I hope. Can't wait, Richard. Thank you. All right. Well, just another day in this Kafkaesque world we call Canada. Yesterday, our Deputy Prime Minister, Finance Minister, Christian Freeland, unveiled $101, $101 billion in new spending, a $354 billion debt. Meanwhile, we've got this internet censorship law staring us in the face, or a bill, rather. Uh, we'll get uh, Max Bernier in here from the People's Party in just moments to discuss that and more. The Richard Serrett Show continues right here on Saga 960 AM. The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Hey, Richard Serrett here, along with the wilderness doc, Cass Ingram. I keep hearing about how black seed oil is good for so many things, Cass. Tell me more. It's huge for the heart and also the digestion and elimination, plus the skin. It was Nefertiti's beauty secret. So then if you have skin conditions, use the black seed oil topically and internally. And for your heart, lungs, kidneys, digestive system, wonderful capsules are available with fennel and cumin. Check your local health food store or the oil. Just take a teaspoon every day. This is a safe 
safe thing to take daily so you don't get sick, so you keep your heart good and you stay strong in your digestive tract, skin, renal support, and more. Freshly cold pressed black seed oil from North American Urban Spice available at fine health food stores across the GTA. Order online at oregano.com. That's O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L. 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 Cold pressed black seed oil from oregano.com. All right, Max Bernier is with us, and time is tight this segment. Apologies, Max. We've just got about two minutes for this segment, and then we'll uh, bring you on again in the next segment. Uh, but uh, let me just get a quick uh, a word from you on last weekend's protest, uh, the Freedom Rally in Barrie. I know you had another event in Niagara Falls. Yes, I was very pleased to be with people uh, who are fighting for their freedoms. I think it was very important. We had more than 400 people uh, at the rally in Barrie and about 300 in Niagara Falls. For me, uh, you know, the result of that is at the end of the day, uh, Premier Ford decided to back off on two of these of his uh, uh, draconian measures. Uh, the one when he was asking the police to be able to uh, uh, stop anybody and ask them questions and ask them uh, to show their papers uh, for knowing where they're going and things like that. So he backed off on that. And the other one just opened parks and, and uh, playground for children. Uh, so that was a very bad decision last Friday from uh, from Premier Ford, and uh, and we have to fight. He has to uh, reopen the economy because uh, uh, lockdowns or no lockdowns, uh, there's no uh, difference. Uh, if you look at other states in the U.S., uh, more than 17 uh, states in the U.S. are more are not open, and and the cases and the deaths are similar to the other uh, right. states. Where Max, I've got to okay, I've got to jump in. Sorry, that was a short segment. We'll come back and talk some more. Max Bernier, People's Party of Canada, back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk Saga, 9:60 a.m. All right, welcome back. We're here with uh, Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Max, uh, I want to get your take on this. To, this to me is absolutely chilling. The uh, the Heritage Minister um, is set to introduce in just a couple weeks' time a bill that would severely censor the internet. In fact, it sounds like anyone that dissents or or goes against the government, uh, they would just simply pull a kill switch. Um, your thoughts. I hope that bill won't pass, but I'm scared that it will. And I don't understand that we are tabling a bill like that in 2021 in a free country like Canada. More censorship. That's not the solution. That's more freedom. And we don't need a new bill. We have the criminal code uh, that is there. So more regulations. And they will also have more bureaucrats that will look on uh, our social media to tell us what we can say or not. That's not my Canada, and I'm fighting against these draconian uh, measures coming in that bill. All right. Well, apparently it's part of a large omnibus bill. So in order to vote that um, down, they'll have to, I guess, probably vote down a bunch of other goodies, uh, such as the way of these omnibus bills. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm guessing it's going to pass and then we'll have to deal with it then, uh, probably at the Supreme Court level. I can't imagine it would it would, um, uh, you know, withstand a charter challenge. But that's an expensive proposition for a news outlet or or, uh, someone who has a website. 
absolutely. You know, uh, for us, for me at the PPC, it's very important to be active on social media and and be are there because it's one of the main way to reach more people. So if I cannot say what I want on social media, uh, that that that's against freedom of speech. And I can tell you that uh, I won't be the only one upset if that legislation is uh, is enforced. All right. A quick word on the uh, the federal budget yesterday, one hundred and one billion dollars in new spending uh, and also uh, the deficit now three hundred and fifty four billion dollars. Just, you know, that's unimaginable. Um, Your thoughts on that? Yeah, more spending, a bigger deficit, and uh, and the money that is going out, uh, it's uh, it's not coming from uh, taxes because, as you know, there's no uh, increase of our taxes. But uh, what the Trudeau government is doing is the inflation tax. So we will have to pay for that in the near future. Inflation will go up, and as you know, when you have inflation, you you are losing or your purchasing purchasing power, and the money that you have in your pocket cannot buy the same amount of goods and services. So that would be a tax. That's a tax that Justin Trudeau is not uh, speaking about it, but that will come and it will hurt the economy. It will hurt families in this country. It's a very bad budget. It's like, you know, the old uh, uh, Soviet Union when they they had uh, plans for five years uh, with more socialism and communism. And now that's 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 what Trudeau thinks that he can manage the economy, uh, but he cannot manage the economy. Uh, that government uh, failed to uh, bring economic prosperity, and this budget won't change anything. It would be worse. And, and meantime, we have an official opposition party, which is increasingly indistinguishable from the party in power. So, you know, it and, and I don't know, I think I speak for a lot of people, Max, when I say that, you know, why do we have to keep settling for the lesser evil here? Uh, you know, we go into the into the ballot box thinking, well, we can't we can't uh, vote for the liberals. We got to get them out. So even I'll hold my nose and I'll vote conservative, even though they aren't conservative. I'm tired of doing that. What do we do? And you're you're not alone. I was in uh, B.C. and also in Edmonton a week ago. And I was very pleased that uh, a person came to me and said, Maxime, I voted for you when you were running for the leadership of the Conservative Party in 2017. But I didn't vote for you at the national election because I wanted to be sure to get rid of Justin Trudeau. I voted conservative. But now, you know, I'm a real conservative. I know that O'Toole won't win. I don't want to waste my vote. I will vote for my value. So, so. I think it's more and more important for people understanding that O'Toole and Trudeau, that's the same, the same on climate change. Actually, uh, O'Toole carbon tax is worse than what we have right now from uh, from Trudeau. Uh, They're the same on on, uh, climate change, on the equalization formula, on Western alienation. They won't do anything. So they are more and more like the liberals. And I was calling O'Toole a liberal light. But I think uh, I, I must call him a liberal because if you look at his platform, that that's that's what he, he is doing right now, and and if you want to have changes in this country, you must vote in line with your principles, and that's what I'm saying to Canadians. I won't be prime minister after the next election, but we'll increase our percentage of the vote, and and we need to do the big debate that needs to be done in this country, and we are the only the only party that is fighting for 
more freedom, less government, and, and lower taxes, and against these uh, cancel culture and, and for free speech and against lockdown. So uh, we're very different, and I think we're the only one right now, the only real conservative party in this country. All right, Max, I appreciate your time. Always look forward to speaking with you, and we'll do it again soon. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. All right, Max Bernier, People's Party. All right, your children are already learning from home full-time. You are your child's best teacher. Why not go the extra step? Make the decision. Homeschool your child. Ruth Gaskowski joins us every Tuesday at this time to tell you how, and she's next. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. And we are expecting a verdict in the Derek Chauvin murder trial in about 15, 20 minutes at the uh, the bottom of the next hour, around 530. I'll be joined by a former U.S. government attorney and true crime author Robert Couch will be here and uh, he'll offer his insights into uh, the verdict again, expected in about 15 minutes, although you can never tell uh, with these things exactly. All right. So if you're contemplating homeschooling your child, well, you've come to the right place at this uh, hour and time every Wednesday. We're or rather Tuesday, every Tuesday, we're joined by our homeschooling uh, expert, Ruth Gaskowski. And uh, Ruth, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you. Thank you and welcome. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me again. So a lot of uh, parents now, of course, having to deal with their children being home full time now that we have another school closure. Homeschool parents, of course, are used to this. But any advice to, to parents who are not used to, you know, having their children there all the time? How do they, you know, sort of stay sane? All right. And I just want to let me start by saying that even as a parent who's made the choice to homeschool, and I've done this for the past 10 years, I also face the daily challenge of remaining patient. I think patience is the one thing that parents always tell me about. How do you have the patience? Well, homeschool parents have this issue, too. It's not like we are free of it. And um, I continue to fail at it, too. And any homeschool parent who tells you otherwise or seems to present in a very perfect way, I think they're probably pretending or not giving you the whole story. But there are some concrete things that uh, I could help uh, that might help in uh, staying sane, I would say. And that is uh, stay uh, establish a daily routine. Predictability supports your patients. Have a regular get-up time. Uh, so during the weekdays, don't sleep in and lounge around in your PJs on weekdays, even if you can. Uh, try and get up, get dressed, eat breakfast together. If possible, start your day with a 15 or 30-minute walk outside. Uh, f- fresh air and seeing things outside of your four walls before you start learning helps to prepare the brain for learning. So the brain actually reacts to seeing green things and green leaves, and it Uh, prepares and activates learning centers, as research shows. And my kids always, always found that uh, it helped to lift their moods. So uh, this is also true throughout the day. Many parents, um, I'll tell them, if you find you hit a learning wall and things are going the wrong way and you're losing your patience and your children are just tired of going on, um, take a break, get dressed, go outside. Just 15, 30 minutes can do wonders. And uh, my daughter, when I asked her about this question, she said one of the most helpful things for her that she would recommend uh, that we've done throughout the years is take a regular one hour downtime in the early afternoon. So between one and two or two and three, 
where you and the children are apart and the children are also apart from each other. So where each person takes kind of their own time. And uh, we spend this time either reading quietly, drawing or listening to an audiobook. No screen time because screens actually wind up rather than down. And we find that that one hour of alone time really helps to refresh patients for each other for the rest of the day. All right. So those are just some things to consider. All, the, all great uh, tips, Ruth. So uh, I think we touched on this last week, but let's uh, talk about some more free resources that you recommend for parents when it comes to keeping up with reading and math and writing while children are, are at home. Because, you know, th- there are gaps now in their education. They're not getting that face-to-face instruction. What can we do? Right. Yeah. So with elementary and middle school kids, doing daily reading practice is very important. And this can be, if they're very young, this can be read aloud uh, on the parent's part or combined reading with my younger son in grade three. I might have him read a paragraph and then I read a paragraph or we alternate pages. That helps you to move along in the story. Uh, or listen to an audiobook if if you can't attend to the child while they're reading. These are available through Lib- LibriVox for free or you can download them from your local library. Uh, An interesting reading version is also to read a book during the week and watch the film version on the weekend, such as uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox or Matilda or Paddington or for older kids, The Hobbit or The Hunger Games. Um, For math, an excellent resource uh, if you have an older child who needs specific math concepts explained and you have no idea. Uh, Khan Academy offers free instructional videos as well as practice all the way up to uh, calculus and trigonometry. For younger kids, uh, practice in skip counting uh, with each other is great. Uh, regular practice I've been doing with my younger son is just taking a tennis ball and doing skip counting from the twos all the way through the nines and just tossing the tennis ball back and forth. It keeps you physically active, makes it more interesting to practice math skills or um, using just a simple set of card decks Uh, that everybody might have around the house. You can use this for subtraction, addition, or multiplication together. And finally, for writing, I would suggest keeping a diary. This sounds extremely old-fashioned, but it helps to focus on the specifics of the day, especially as we're experiencing Groundhog Day over and over again. Um, Helps you focus on maybe funny things that happened, an interesting meal. It also helps to process the day's stresses. Uh, new, New research shows that Expressive writing, so writing about your emotions, helps to deal more effectively with stress. So in addition to practicing writing skills, keeping a diary actually helps kids and teens to process out emotions and promotes their well-being. So my daughter has been writing in her diary every day since January 1st. And she says, wow, I didn't know that I actually did stuff. But when I look back at it, it's been quite interesting. <laughs> and you might actually forget that days don't, uh, days otherwise just bleed into each other and it just feels like a fog. So right, focusing right. on specifics can help that way. Well, it's it's a lost art and it's time to, to dust it off and bring it back. It may be old fashioned, but I like old fashioned. So Khan Academy, LibriVox, Library, Audiobooks, Mensa Reading List, Nano... Uh, Nano Remo. Nano Remo. That's the National uh, Novel Writing Month. That's also a free resource uh, if you have a child who's interested in writing. All of those resources are listed in detail on my website as well. All right. And the website is humanitasfamily.net. So it's human, H-U-M-A-N-I-T-A-S, humanitasfamily.net. Ruth, we'll talk again next week. Be well. 
All right. Talk to you then. Bye, Richard. Okay. Thank you. Ruth Kosakowski joins us every Tuesday at this time for some homeschooling tips. All right. When we come back, hour two awaits. We'll, uh, we'll ex- eagerly anticipate the, uh, the verdict in the Derek Chauvin uh, murder trial. We'll have a former U.S. government attorney on to discuss. Uh, plus, Lou Skeezus with News Not in the News and the new Bob Dylan, perhaps, coming out of Dallas, Texas, and a wonderful anti-lockdown protest song, Jesus, What Happened to Us. He joins us as well. Stay tuned for more on The Richard Serrett Show. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right, the uh, the verdict in the Derek Chauvin murder trial uh, expected at any minute. They have reached a verdict. Now it's just um, making their way to the courtroom. The uh, the various parties have arrived in the court. Actually, the jury and all the other parties, uh, including Mr. Chauvin, is, uh, have arrived in the courtroom. And again, that verdict is expected any moment now. And we will have a, a former U.S. government attorney, Robert Couch, uh, around 530. He's also a true crime writer. And um, anyway, he'll uh, weigh in with his thoughts when that verdict comes down. Uh, we'll have it for you and, and uh, we'll discuss. Also, uh, I'm going to call him maybe the next Bob Dylan. He comes out of Dallas, uh, Texas. And yesterday I played a um, well, I played the whole song, actually. It's called Jesus, What Happened to Us? It's by uh, an artist who goes by the name Five Times August. His real name is Bradley James Skistimas. And um, he'll be along a little later in this hour as well. But first, of course, it's time for news, not in the news. news. All right, Lou, how are you, my friend? Fantastic. Did you get the link I sent you to uh, Richard Steinman's net worth? Well, um, I did, except it's uh, Jim Steinman is what we're looking for. Sorry, buddy. It's Jim Steinman. Jim. Jim. Uh, Jim. Jim Steinman. Maybe okay. Richard. Maybe Richard's his twin brother. <laughs> it could be. Okay, I'll look that one up when I have a break. Wow, talk about you know missing the thread and the needle. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. That's all right. You're allowed. You're allowed. You know, it's a relatively... uh, 
uh, well, never mind. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, a relatively minor detail, except, you know, we're talking <laughs> right, about the a right real... person dragged into court. You got the wrong sure. guy. Well, uh, I feel like it... I should be a police officer. <laughs> exactly. You're overqualified. Uh, it reminds me of that uh, Sarah Silverman joke. And I don't like particularly enjoy Sarah Silverman, but she had one great line. It was a police officer pulled her over, came up to the window and said, do you know why I'm here? And she said, why? Because you got a C average in high school. <laughs> never, never try that. Never do that when actually they pull you over. Oh, uh, I, 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 we're, we're waiting the uh, the trial or the uh, the verdict in the Chauvin trial. And, and Lou, my feeling is it doesn't matter what the verdict is. There's going to be uh, burning and rioting uh, and looting tonight. Your thoughts? Well, I, I it's pretty clear that the uh, state of uh, Minnesota has lost control. Right. The civilian government is no longer in control of the jurisdiction. So they're going to have to figure it out. Did they call out the National Guard? Uh, that's a good question. I hope so. See, I that's hope what so. I'd be doing if I was, you know, Mr. Mayor. I know the governor in that's Illinois that's did. The governor in yeah. Illinois because For he's, Chicago, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about New York? I mean, if I was in a position where people were going to burn and loot my city, I'd have the National Guard out immediately. Oh, I wait wouldn't wait. Yeah, they are there because um, Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters inappropriate comments the other day when she was told, you know, um, and if we don't get the verdict we want, it's time to, you know, get really aggressive uh, with the protesting. And of course, um, a few hours later, some National Guards uh, people were, were targeted in a drive by. So they are there. They're on the ground. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just uh, I, I fear that this is going to get ugly no matter what. There's just this is a no win situation. Yeah, I always advise harden the perimeter, right? Make it more difficult for chaos to come directly to, you know, I guess, vital organs and what have you, right? Whether it's administration or what have you, you got to harden the perimeter and keep the riffraff, you know, to the sidelines, if you will, and, you know, pacify however you achieve that. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the federal budget. Uh, 101 billion dollars in new spending. That's sort of the uh, the front uh, end. That, that's front ended, and then I guess an additional 40 some million, 40 some billion rather, spread out over several years. More money for the CBC, your beloved CBC, Lou. You must be thrilled. Yeah, I guess uh, they're going to make more programming nobody watches, and uh, you know, continue to be the. Uh, the house organ of the Liberal Party of Canada, right? Right, right. So um, anything in there, the taxpayers, I mean, no new taxes per se, but anything that we should be worried about, aside from the debt and the, the crushing debt, of course, but uh, I don't know, as we approach tax time, any thoughts? Well, I, you know, I didn't look at it from a tax perspective. I was just looking at the overall uh, measures that they brought in. One of the things that disappointed me was in their green agenda they uh you know they stu they stood up and said yes we're uh interested in carbon capture technology so you want to capture carbon as it's coming out of various industries and then you want to sequester it right and there's already an ongoing uh effort in the oil industry to capture carbon and then uh use it and inject it into oil and natural gas reservoirs to enhance the production of those two products. And they don't want to, they will not give it a tax credit. They say uh, it's not in their interest because you're essentially producing more fossil fuels. Now, 
I didn't realize that the unicorn and rainbow uh, energy system was already in full flight, but I think we're going to need both of those. And if we can accomplish two things, sequestering carbon uh, dioxide and getting more oil and gas out of the existing reservoirs, I think we need to look at that. But they chose not to include that. So that was a disappointment for me. Right, right. And I, I, I know that you were thinking about buying a, a new yacht, Lou, but you better do it before December twenty, uh, December 31st of this year to avoid the new luxury tax that'll be slapped on uh, cars, boats and aircraft. Now, do you have to order it or do you have to pay for it before the end of the year? Uh, good. That's right. That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I think you have to pay for it. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that when they go after people that can afford, you know, racy cars, I think the uh, minimum payment or the price that they wanted to slap a luxury tax on or duty, a $100,000 vehicle. I've never spent $100,000 over a lifetime on cars, right? I'm always in the secondhand market for those things because I think, you know, that's the best way to get me from point A to point B at the lowest cost. So, uh, when I look at a hundred thousand dollars spend, I'm sure, uh, you know, if that's where if that's your neighborhood, then I guess you're going to have to pay for it or fight it. Right. If you got that kind of swack for a, a ride, you should be able to, you know, come together with your other enthusiasts and fund a defense of your ability to purchase it at a lower price. Right. Right. What are you driving these days, Lou? Is it is it the Vauxhall? <laughs> no, I'm driving a uh, 2008 uh, Nissan Altima. Nice ride. Yeah, nice it's ride. Got, well, it's got 226,000 kilometers on it. I think, you know, it's just basically a grocery getter. Right, I'm, not, right. I'm not hauling that down to Pittsburgh or anything, right? It's just like, oh, let's tour around. Let's go pick up some stuff. And there we go. I mean, I've asked myself when... Uh, you know, when self-driving cars and that kind of technology comes along, will I even need the uh, the grocery getter? But we'll figure that out as time goes on. You know, there has I've seen some models of electric cars uh, from China selling for sixty five hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah, it's not big. <laughs> it's pretty small. And I also saw that. Uh, Frank Stronic and yes. uh, Magna are looking to get into the EV market. And they I saw a picture of Stronic next to a fairly small vehicle, right? But I guess that would be adequate for getting groceries, right? Sure, sure. Well, they, I, you know, they want us out of our cars. Let's be honest. It's um, their, their vision of our future is basically Soylent Green, for those of you who've seen that movie. Um, $354 billion uh, deficit, uh, and they're tapping themselves or slapping themselves on the back because apparently uh, it's the budget shortfall was less than they they expected. I don't know. What <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I had seen the estimates higher than that, Richard, uh, prior to the budget finally coming out after two years of waiting. Um, you know, it's clearly an election budget, you know, buy votes wherever and however you can. And I can almost feel, you know, the call to the polls uh, in a short uh, order of magnitude. And maybe after they've finally gotten over the vaccine rollout debacle, but they'll bury that, too, and blame it on somebody else, won't they? Right. And it's hard to run against 
free stuff, right? It's hard to run against a, a party that basically is just giving away stuff for free. Well, you know, if you look back pre-pandemic, uh, 46% of Canadians were uh, 200 bucks away from insolvency. And, you know, at the last report, it was up to 53% of Canadians were 200 bucks short of insolvency, right? Or just ahead of the, uh, the machine. And, um, you know, I look at that and say, well, you know, with the CERB and the other programs they have out there, they've certainly bought the attention of those people that might not have been interested in voting for the Liberal Party of Canada. Uh, uh, Lou, we're just getting the word that the uh, the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial is guilty. I'm not sure the, in terms of the charges, but we'll uh, we'll get some more information here shortly. But we're getting a, a guilty verdict, at least on one of those. Again, he was charged with second degree murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. All of those, you know, carrying uh, pretty hefty sentences. So we'll get some details on, uh, you know, the actual uh, guilty uh, verdict. But it is there is a guilty plea in there somewhere. Uh, we'll uh, we'll speak to the former U.S. attorney, Robert Couch, at the uh, the bottom of the hour and uh, discuss further. But again, we have a guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin uh, trial. Again, not sure of the details yet, but we'll get those for you shortly. All right, Lou, you have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Richard. Enjoy. Happy capitalism. All right, my friend. Off you go. All right. Uh, now, Jody, as we head into the break, could I get you to just tease the, that song, Jesus, What Happened to Us? I think now's as good a time as any to hear a little bit of this from our next guest. Shut your mouth, get in line, just behave or pay the fine. They're pulling on your backbone and taking out your spine. They want you weak, don't speak, don't question, don't think. Keep staring at your smartphone, get dumber every week. Now give up your freedom and shush. Jesus, what happened to us? All right, that's Bradley James Gistimus, and he'll join us coming up next. Jesus, what happened to us? A guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin case. We'll, uh, we'll have more details when we come back. The Richard Serrett Show continues on Saga 960. Continuing with the conversation, this is The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right. If you haven't heard, Derek Chauvin has been convicted of murder for killing George Floyd uh, by kneeling on his neck for more than nine minutes. And uh, the jury, we are being told, swiftly and unanimously convicted Chauvin of all the charges he faced. That's second and third degree murder plus second degree manslaughter. Uh, after concluding the white former Minneapolis police officer killed the 46 year old black man through a criminal assault by pinning him to the ground. So he could not breathe properly. Uh, Chauvin faces up to 40 years, but is likely to receive a shorter sentence according to uh, legal guidelines. And of course, this doesn't put an end to the uh, the highly charged case uh, because uh, there are still three other officers facing trial later this year accused of aiding and abetting murder and manslaughter. But we will see um, how uh, Minneapolis uh, does tonight overnight. Uh, will there be a rioting? Perhaps, perhaps not. Hopefully not. All right. Uh, so the other day, Someone sent me this, uh, or I, I found it on Twitter, this uh, Bob Dylan-esque, uh, I guess I'll call it an anti-lockdown anthem. It's called Jesus, What Happened to Us. We played it yesterday. I played a little bit of a snippet today, and I really wanted to see if I could get the uh, the artist 
and um, a musician on because I was so touched by this song. Bradley James Skistimas is uh, also goes by the name Five Times August, and he joins us from uh, Dallas, Texas. Bradley, welcome. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? I'm very well. Did I pronounce your last name? Is it Skistimas? Skistimus. Very close. All yeah. right. And uh, so you're from Dallas. Uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, how this song, Jesus, What Happened to Us, how it all came together. Yeah. Jeez, uh, I've been writing songs for 20 years. And, um, you know, this last year has is, is, is changed everybody. Um, you know, I just I've, I found myself full circle from where I began as an 18 year old. And I'm, I'm in my bedroom now writing songs. Uh, about what's important to me and what's important to me right now is that we all take a look at ourselves. And I I don't feel like there's very much real music out there right now. That's really, you know, causing us to really take a good hard look at ourselves. I released a song earlier this year called God help us all. And, um, and uh, I felt like a follow-up to that would be uh, this song just sort of came to me and it's called uh, Jesus. What happened to us? Right. Uh, it's 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 so moving. I have to tell you, I'm just uh, it, it sends chills up my back when I hear it. And I know the obvious comparison to Bob Dylan. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, are you OK with that comparison? I mean, obviously, you know, with the harmonic and everything, it's very evocative of the the bard from Hibbing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, I feel like that, that that's just not around anymore. Just a guy with his guitar singing the truth, you know, his truth. And uh, yeah, I'm perfectly okay with that. The um, obviously you're touching upon uh, you know some some a lot of things that are going on the social unrest the uh, the lockdown and so forth and how we're just kind of you know cowering in our homes and 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 any dissenting opinions uh, are not allowed. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I also hint kind of maybe a, a little bit of a pushback from you on woke culture. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, look, I'm I'm going to be 38 this year and, um, you know, times have changed since I was a kid and I've noticed it. I'm comfortable with uh, with my perspective on life. But, you know, um, I do a podcast with my brother every, every evening uh, called Weekdays with Craig and Brad. And we touch on this quite a bit, you know, and, and more and more, you know, throughout the year. Um, I've spent a lot of my time behaving myself over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years uh, throughout the uh, entertainment industry and uh, not speaking up, you know, Um, but more and more as uh, the world has changed, the more you can't say this, you can't say that the, the, the louder I feel like I need to get actually. Do do you think that, um, you know, maybe more, traditional people who hold more traditional values, dare I say conservative, maybe that's the new counterculture. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like having any kind of conservative uh, opinion at all is uh, the most rock and roll thing you could do right now, which is, is, is a complete, you know, 180 from where we were about 50 years ago. Yeah, it's interesting how things come around, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the, uh, the, the name uh, five times August, what does that mean? So I started five times August when I was 18 years old. My last name is Schistimus. I I was trying to think of a band name that would just sort of be a one man band name. My birthday is August 5th. And so I just thought that would be easier to promote back then. I came up with five times August instead of trying to promote Brad Schistimus everywhere. Um, and it's just sort of stuck, stuck around all well, these years. It's a fabulous song. We'll uh, we'll try to play a little bit more here in just a minute. Uh, let me just uh, find out from you. Where can we when can we get a hold of this song? I mean, it's all over social media. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's on all the on all the streaming sites: Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, Title, and the music videos on YouTube. Um, you can find it on my Instagram page, instagram.com slash five times August on my Twitter account. I've got clips up. Um, so you can find it. It's out there for sure. Please share it. All right, Bradley. Uh, great job again. I think it's anthemic and uh, I wish you all the luck in the world and thank you for coming Thanks on. Thanks so much. Nice yeah, to thank meet you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Bradley James Gistimus, five times August. Jesus, what happened to us? Uh, Jody, do we just can we just kind of take 30 seconds into the break with this? Here we go. Shut your mouth, get in line, just behave or pay the fine. They're pulling on your backbone and taking out your spine. They want you weak, don't speak, don't question, don't think. Keep staring at your smartphone, get dumber every week. Now give up your freedom and shush. Oh Jesus, what happened to us? Couch, former governor, a government attorney, will uh, talk about the Derek Chauvin verdict. Back with more of the Richard Serrett Show. Stay with us. This is Newstalk Saga 960 AM, and this is the Richard Serrett Show. All right, welcome back. We have a uh, guilty verdict in the Derek Chauvin murder trial. Guilty on all charges: second degree murder, third degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. He could be facing 40 years, although it's expected to be a reduced sentence. And, uh, of course, there will be um, more trials coming uh, for three other uh, officers for aiding and abetting. And um, uh, we'll see, though, what the reaction is on the street in Minneapolis uh, for the rest of the day and overnight and in the the coming days. Uh, Will things settle down? Or sometimes, you know, these rioting, this rioting, just uh, you know, it has kind of a it's it's its own goal, right? It has nothing to do with uh, justice or any nothing to do with George Floyd. It's rioting for rioting's sake. A rioting is the goal in many cases. Uh, Robert Couch is a former government attorney and uh, the author of True Crime: Uncle Bryce, a Killing, a Trial, a True Story. Robert, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great, Richard. How are you today? Very well, thank you. So uh, let me get your your reaction to the uh, the verdict in the Chauvin trial. Surprised? Not surprised? Uh, well, honestly, I'm not all that surprised. Um, given you know that if you followed the trial, you know that the the mainstay of the prosecution's case was the nine and a half minute video, and it's hard for anyone to to see that that video and not be uh, torn and be uh, feel some um, uh, sympathy for for George Floyd. I mean, it just is. Dis- despite what he may have done to cause his arrest, it's it's tough to watch. So that was the that was the central. Uh, Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. 
Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Premise of the prosecution, and then around that, they built 38 witnesses uh, to address all the issues. Uh, one of whom was the chief of police, and uh, you know, it's it's that's that's very hard testimony to rebut. Uh, the defense put on seven or eight witnesses. Uh, they addressed each of the issues, but I, I didn't think that the witnesses were as strong. Um, it it if if there was a element if there was one of the crimes that i thought was was a little bit up in the air it was it was the second degree murder uh charge uh you know that required a finding that that he had the intent to affect the death of george floyd that seemed to be stretching it but but that that's neither here nor there i i it it struck me that the prosecution did a good job and i would say that by and large, the judge did a good job, uh, given that, my goodness, this, that the, the case is so notorious. Uh, the judge was under a microscope from the beginning. And the way that he conducted it is as transparently as he did, I think, speaks highly of, of him. Now, that having been said, I expect that uh, you're going to see an appeal. Uh, there's uh, going to be some issues uh, regarding whether the jury was was unbiased, uh, both when they went into the jury box at the beginning, uh, although he, he did a, a, a very extensive filtering of the, the jury pool to come up with the, the most uh, uh, objective jurors he could find. It, it's very difficult to find anybody in the country that doesn't know uh, about this case. And then, you know, that I, I, I found a little fault with him not keeping the jury sequestered uh, during the, the trial because uh, there was a lot that happened. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, the killing of Mr. Wright, uh, the uh, representative uh, Maxine Waters showing up this past weekend with some inflammatory statements. You know, there was a lot that I, I would have thought the judge would have tried to shield the jury from all that, but that's neither here nor there. So now we move on to sentencing and we'll see. All right, Robert, just uh, stay uh, stay put. We'll uh, come back and talk some more. Robert Couch is a former government attorney and author of Uncle Bryce, A Killing, A Trial, A True Story. We'll find out a little bit about what that's about as well. More of the Richard Serrett Show right here on News Talk Saga 960. Stay with us. Back to the conversation on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right. Welcome back. Robert Couch stays with us, the author of Uncle Bryce, a killing, a trial and a true story. You mentioned the jury and how, you know, they, they did a pretty good job in assembling a, a, an unbiased jury. But I'm wondering, is that even possible? Not necessarily a bias, but just the pressure they must feel, uh, you know, knowing that if they don't find uh, uh, Chauvin guilty, you know, there's there's more rioting, perhaps more lives will be lost, businesses destroyed and so forth. Almost, uh, you know, the jury being held to ransom above and beyond whatever the evidence might say. I mean, you 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 raise a very good point. And there was a motion early on in the trial to change the venue of the case because of that very reason. And the, the judge uh, responded that. Where in the state of 
Minnesota, could he move the trial? <laughs> he didn't. Th- th- those are my words, not his. But the 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 his sentiment was well placed, I think, which is that this case is so notorious, it would be difficult to find a jury anywhere that hadn't uh, seen uh, some um, evidence uh, from the the George Floyd arrest, and uh, and probably have seen the. Uh, the rioting that took place after that. Um, so it, it was a difficult, it was a difficult thing to, for him to manage. And that actually is a, a, a bit of a connection here. Um, one of the problems that I have with the way the whole trial has been conducted and it, and it touches on the book that you mentioned, my book, um, Uncle Bryce, um, in that case, the, the Uncle Bryce is a is a true family story. It was a, my great uncle was shot by an African American in Arkansas in 1936. The and my great uncle was killed uh, by the shot um, entered his brain right behind the left ear. And the the um, the African American happened to be a janitor, uh, was um, admitted to having pulled the trigger and was tried to an all-white, all-male jury uh, some several uh, months later, four months later. And in that case, there was an attempt to inject race into that case. Now, obviously, at that time, it was a different, it was the tables were turned. It was an attempt to uh, uh, inject the fact that the uh, shooter was an African-American of a white man into the jury's consideration, and it was deemed to be inappropriate then, and it's inappropriate today. It, it, there, all of the stuff that you're talking about, all of the um, the um, demonstrations and 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 the the the, the people like uh, Al Sharpton and Representative. Uh, Waters and the George Floyd lawyer talking about this being a referendum on justice in America and everything, and then attempting to inject race into the jury's consideration is inappropriate today, just as it was then. Right. But right. Uh, I don't think that will be a grounds for um, for an appeal. Um, you mentioned uh, your book and how the uh, the jury or the judge rather back in 1930 in in the South Arkansas found in you know an attempt to inject race into the proceedings that really kind of you know destroys a lot of uh, stereotypes about the judicial system in the South at that time. Certainly there were injustices, but here we have a uh, a court in 1930, uh, you know, disallowing the injection of the the race of the of the uh, the accused in this case. Um, the other thing that's that's interesting is, uh, you know, we've had a, a, a spate of, of police shootings lately. We had uh, Dante Wright shot at a um, shot and killed during a traffic stop. Uh, that's certainly getting a lot of attention. There's been rioting. There was rioting almost immediately. Uh, not hearing, uh, you know, so much about some of the other victims. A 13 year old Adam Toledo shot and killed uh, a Latino a boy uh, in Chicago. Uh, I'm not seeing any, you know, rioting there. We had uh, the case in uh, Maryland. A, uh, a state police trooper uh, killed a 16 year old uh, white boy, Peyton Haim. Uh, who was uh, admittedly he was pointing uh, an airsoft gun at the trooper. Um, so I don't know what what do we make of this? At, uh, and it's not getting you know the media attention. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, it seems to be that uh, if if the uh, the victim is is black or the the assailant in some of these cases even is is black, then 
Um, it's getting tremendous media attention, and the media seems to be sort of, you know, ginning up a lot of this civil this uh, this unrest. Well, I, I I I can't speak to the motives of the media in this, but you are correct um, that uh, there are. Um, there are there is data that would suggest that uh, instances like what happened with George Floyd are uh, fairly rare. Uh, nevertheless, uh, it seems to be a, um, a a point that has uh, gained a lot of attention, and um, I think that. A point that needs to be made is that peaceful protest is protected speech in the United States and non-peaceful protest is not. And it's not access. It's not acceptable under any circumstances. And the thought that somehow you can, uh, no matter what the, the action is that you're uh, purportedly uh, trying to uh, protest, Looting and rioting is not appropriate under any circumstances. And the, 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 we heard that from President Biden here in the last few days. Uh, we don't hear it loudly enough by other politicians. I think we should, that otherwise uh, it seems that, that the rule of law is being um, somehow kicked to the curb in a, in a very small number of cases where it's based on a racial consideration. All right. Uh, Robert, we'll take another quick time. I'll come back. Just a few moments uh, remain. Robert Couch, former government attorney and uh, the author of true crime uh, novel, author, uncle, or sorry, uh, Uncle Bryce, a killing, a trial, a true story. Back with more. Stay with us. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. All right. Welcome back. Before we get back to uh, my conversation with former government attorney Robert Couch on the Derek Chauvin trial, let me ask you, how would you like to begin a new career right in now in a booming new field promoting health and wellness at the Hypno Healing Institute of Toronto? You can become a consulting hypnotist in just 14 weeks. You'll be guided step by step through this online course by registered psychotherapist and award winning board certified hypnotherapist Debbie Papadakis. Debbie's been teaching this certification course for over 20 years. For more information, go to hypno-healing.com, hypno-healing.com. Become a consulting hypnotist in just 14 weeks through the Hypno-Healing Institute of Toronto, hypno-healing.com. All right, back with uh, Robert Couch. We're talking about the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, verdict, which just came down, I guess, about a half an hour ago. He's been uh, found guilty on all three counts, second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter facing up to 40 years in prison, although uh, that sentence is, is likely to be reduced, we're hearing. Um, uh, Robert Couch is with us, former government attorney. I want to just go back to Maxine Waters, California representative Maxine Waters, uh, who, of course, was on the scene on Saturday night. And uh, when she was um, uh, surrounded by a, a mob, really, she uh, she told the cameras, if Chauvin is not found guilty, guilty, guilty uh, for murder, then chaos must continue. Then she she said that uh, we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. And uh, lo and behold, a few hours later, 
uh, not, you know, that, that this is de- definitely a, a connection. But a few hours later, uh, two National Guards um, men were targeted in a drive-by. Uh, I mean, to me, on, on the surface, at least, Robert, this sounds like incitement to violence. Do you think anything will come of it? Well, Richard, I, I can't I can't speak to what um, that trial on might take place. I'm not sure. The last time I checked, I don't think they have found the shooter in that case. If they've uh, arrested anybody under suspicion of, of having done that, uh, that is a great question. I do know that the judge in the Chauvin trial mentioned uh, that uh, the uh, statements by Representative Waters could be grounds for uh, finding prejudicial, um, you know, having been prejudicial to the jury in its deliberations. And I suspect we'll see that in any appeal that's filed. Um, I'd like to point out, too, just uh, as a a bit of a correction, that the the sentence has not been handed down, to my knowledge, uh, that will come. uh, And the uh, while 40 years is the maximum that is permitted under the Minnesota statute. I think the sentencing guidelines suggest that it should be something more in the uh, line of 12 and a half years, given that uh, uh, Officer Chauvin doesn't have a, a prior record. Now, I'm told that the prosecution has already indicated that they would like to uh, set aside the sentencing guidelines based on aggravated uh, circumstances in this case. We'll yet to see what that how that argument will go. but. Uh, but you raise a good point uh, I, I, for a U.S. representative to go out and advocate violence is just uh, that's uh, very uh, disturbing. Right, right. Uh, you know, every every death diminishes us, as the old saying goes. And it was certainly very difficult to watch what happened to uh, George Floyd. Uh, but as you pointed out, these uh, these situations where an unarmed individual is killed by police are exceedingly rare, exceedingly rare. Uh, and, you know, I, not to speak ill of the dead, but George Floyd was not exactly, you know, uh, an upstanding uh, individual. He um, once held a, a gun to a pregnant woman's belly during a home invasion robbery. Uh, obviously, you know, this was someone that had a great deal of difficulty in his life. But again, no one you don't want to see anyone uh, go that way. I'm glad that his family has been taken care of. They received something in the order of twenty seven, twenty eight million dollars from the uh, the city of of Minneapolis. But I'm wondering that the larger question here is that as rare as these instances are now that any time that this happens now with this threat of, you know, uh, violence and rioting and so forth is is the justice system now on trial each and every time this happens there will be this expectation that the you know that the police officer in this case must be found guilty or there will be some sort of you know rioting and retribution well it's a very good question it's a very good question i i would like to uh, you know i'd like to take the position that the glass is half full here and be optimistic and uh, hope. My hope is that uh, the takeaway from this trial is that uh, our system of justice, the rule of law works and that there will be a positive reinforcement of the our faith in that system. Now, that having been said, I think based on what we have seen in other uh, similar situations, it my my optimism may be betrayed by those 
small group. I mean, it's a minority, but it's a it's a very vocal and in some cases violent minority uh, that seems to take try to take justice into their own hands. And it is not appropriate uh, under any circumstances, despite what uh, Representative Waters may say, it's not appropriate. Uh, Robert, how do we get a copy of Uncle Bryce, A Killing, A Trial, A True Story? Uh, well, the easiest way and the best way is to go on Amazon. Uh, it's uh, published on Amazon, and that is a, a story unto itself. Uh, the jur- the uh, I attempted to get it published by um, one of the uh, mainstream publishers, and I'm afraid I was told that the story, the narrative is just not acceptable in these these times. I'll leave it to you after you read the book if you think the narrative is uh, is somehow inappropriate. It is a true story. It, it actually happened in uh, Miller County, Arkansas in 1937 was when the trial was scheduled. And uh, I, I think it's a, a situation, despite everything, once you read it, I think it's a situation where the system was allowed to work. All right, Robert, thank you so much for your time and your insights onto, into the, uh, the Chauvin uh, verdict this afternoon. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. That's it for me. My thanks to Brandon DuPont and to Jody Panu. Back tomorrow with Lou. We'll push back against climate alarmism with Tony Heller. Some news on the OHL season, of course, which was officially uh, suspended earlier today. What will happen next? We'll find out with uh, Mississauga Steelhead owner uh, Elliot Kerr and Matt Cullen, the voice of the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, Also, we'll speak with... uh, Uh, Diane Francis from the Financial Post. She's calling the Canadian uh, government's bungling of the vaccine issue as one of the greatest scandals in Canadian history. Uh, All that plus Todd Ezrin, the author of uh, the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history. All right, back tomorrow at four o'clock. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. 
Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.